Hello, I'm Marietz Neyman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is micro-masterminding, the how and the why. My guest is Didi Hoffman from Pretoria, founder of the Badasspreneurs Academy and host of the Badass Wellness Coach Show. Welcome, Didi. I'm thrilled to have you back on the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Mariette. And as always, it's such a pleasure to be part of your tribe. Thank you. After our conversation, Didi is going to give us his three best tips on food gardening. And then it will be fun question time. Didi, as an entrepreneur, you wear so many hats that I'm not sure where to start. Could you tell us what makes you get up in the morning? I love that question because my wife asks me the same question very often. Um, I think I'm a, someone that just needs a lot of projects. Mm. Uh, but that question of what makes you get up in the morning is just, and I, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's really that whole issue of getting up in the morning and knowing that what you've chosen to do is going to make a difference in, in my case, my clients and my students' lives. And because I help my clients and my students with, with their practices, I know it's going to make a difference in a lot of other people's lives. Um, and then knowing at the end of the day that when you wind down, looking back at the day and seeing to your, saying to yourself, well, at least I made a difference, even if it's not to 100 people, but one person, and that's why I get up in the morning. Yes, and did he please tell us with whom you work? Because I know you work with wellness experts, and who else? Yeah, I've got two tribes. Um, my, my main tribe, and I like to use the word tribe because they are mostly traditional healers in Southern Africa. Um, and because of that, uh, a lot of them have become, and I'm introducing them to to experts like yourself and, and your tribe all over the world. So that's the one tribe. And we run a business called the SA Herb Academy, where we present online courses, um, mostly aimed originally when we started at helping our traditional leaders add modern Western herbal medicine to their modalities. Uh, but, you know, the, the way economics work, that has changed slowly over the years. So it's become more like a, a herbal school for anybody uh, that wants to incorporate herbal medicine into their lifestyles. And the other business that's also to become a, a large part of my life is the Bad Aspreneurs Academy, where we actually help these people to become recognized experts in, in their field. So those are the two main ads. Yes, and then on your podcast show, you showcase uh, wellness experts as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the podcast and the two of us have chatted about this on, on many occasions. I should have started a 10 years ago. I love every moment of it. Um, so yeah, there I have the opportunity to interview people from all over the world, um, make new friends, tap their brains, and yeah, just share that that good vibe and that healthy vibes with, with my tribe so that we all can become better at what we do and help, help more people in the process. And then th my last question about what you do, you've been described as a modern-day rain-making nerd. What on earth is that? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it goes back to the traditional healer roots. 
and in 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 business especially in i've also i have deep roots in in horticulture and in the gardening industry not just in south africa but all over the world um especially in the in the landscape architecture field and also in, in law they have a rainmaker in the practice and that's the person that's responsible for bringing the the clients into the business and one day i realized that we all need especially us as solo practitioners because that's my focus is just we, we're one-man bands uh, but we also need a rainmaker in our businesses uh, and I started focusing on that and on, on the practices and trying to figure out in, in today, in, in the modern day, how do we apply that old offline principles of going out to find clients to bring into the practice? How do we? How can we do that online? Um, and the rainmaker name is, is just to remind myself that that should be part of my my main, main focus. Now, and that's the long and the short of it. Thanks, Didi. Now, what is masterminding? Uh, in short, Mariette, masterminding is a process for accelerating your growth. Uh, and, and that's one of the big things, and we'll probably touch on that again. But masterminding is for people that are growth-minded, people that wants to grow. Uh, and it can be in any aspect of your, your personal life or your business life. My focus is on, on business-focused masterminds. But it's a group of people coming together uh, on a regular basis to share their ideas, sh- thoughts, feedback, resources, contacts. It's just a, a, a getting together to to share that perspective, knowledge, and experience and resources that can move you beyond your own limited view of the world, um, but also to help you advance your own goals and projects more, more quickly. So it's a, it's a meeting of a group of people, but it's not a social meeting. It's also not a business meeting. It's a meeting where each one of us bring our own focus, our own projects or our own goals to the group. And as a group, we discuss my challenges, help me with perspectives on that, and help me move towards my goal. Didi, are there different forms of masterminding? Uh, Not supposed to be, Mariette, but there are two forms that have become very prevalent. Uh, the, the first one is the traditional peer-driven mastermind, and then what I call the contemporary guru-led mastermind. Now, the traditional mastermind was first described by Napoleon Hill in his best-selling classic, Think and Grow Rich, and I think that came out in 1937, around about there. And he defined a mastermind as the coordination of knowledge and effort in a spirit of harmony between a group of people for the attainment of a definite purpose. Uh, and he mentioned, for example, in, in his book, the mastermind group consisting of, of Henry Ford, uh, Thomas Edison, Harvey Firestone, John Burroughs, and I think Luther Burbank was the fifth one. So those were powerful industrialists of, of that time. The, the, the concept there is, is that we are basically the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Uh, when we, we also take on, you know, the nature, the habits, and the thinking patterns of those we associate with in a spirit of harmony. And in that, we have basically two forms. In one, the members take turns to facilitate the meetings, uh, and the membership is usually free. And the other one employs an experienced mastermind facilitator, and then the members pay a monthly fee. Now, if you're thinking of forming and joining a mastermind, this traditional format is the one you want to emulate. The um, contemporary guru-led mastermind, and I'm not bashing my friends because a lot of my friends run these masterminds, 
but the focus there shifts from that coordination of knowledge and resources. It shifts to the guru, who then becomes the mastermind. He's one person, and that mastermind, because he's the guru, then has the power to solve all, all our problems. Um, and these mastermind groups, they work. I've been part of some of them, but they're mostly driven by economic incentive, and therefore they tend to be too large. In short, uh, in, in my mind, the, that guru-driven mastermind have very little in common with the traditional mastermind uh, groups that we run. And you have touched on the objectives of masterminding. Would you like to say a little more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. There's, there's, Maria, there's usually three objectives, uh, and, and very important, a mastermind group. When you start one, you have to have these objectives in mind because you're going to invite people into the group. But it's also very much objectives are defined by the group. So it's sort of a chicken and egg situation. But usually three objectives. The first is a broad objective centered around, let's call it a common interest. Uh, for example, in, in our micro mastermind groups, our shared objective is to make the world a healthier and happier place because we're all solo practitioners that have something to do with, with health and wellness. So that's our, our overall shared objective. The next objective is to support each member of the group in the attainment of their goals. Uh, and we do that by brainstorming, sharing perspectives, etc. as I've mentioned. And then the final objective is more like a, a built-in feature uh, than an objective, but there are some mastermind groups that make this a stated objective, and that's accountability, Mariette, and, and, and it's huge. Never, ever underestimate the power of accountability that comes from a micro mastermind group. Uh, that simple act of sharing your goals with your peers is game-changing because it has more power, especially if you're a solo practitioner, than telling your family or yourself what you'll do or achieve. So, yeah, those are the basic three objectives. Thank you. Didi, what is the difference between masterminding and micro-masterminding? Oh, that's a difficult question to answer, uh, but I think I can break it down to the big difference, first of all, is in the size of the groups. Uh, facilitated, and uh, we're talking about traditional mastermind groups now, not the guru-driven mastermind groups. So this is peer-to-peer -peer groups. Uh, facilitated mastermind groups usually consist of 10 to 12 members uh, and the fees range between $500 and $5,000 per month. There are some of them that meets once a year for a weekend retreat um, and fees there can be as much as a quarter of a million dollars or facilitated. The, the micro mastermind format follow that traditional format, but it's reduced to four to six members. Uh, and the fees are usually in the range of $100 to $200 per month, uh, some of them less expensive. And then the next difference is the container or, or how they meet and, and when they meet. The mastermind group always meet face-to-face, -face, and that's only the only way that they meet is face-to-face. -face. used to be offline. Now on, Nowadays, it's online. Micro-mastermind groups were specifically designed for busy people. So we've added an asynchronous first uh, meeting modality, and then we also meet monthly or bi-monthly face-to-face on Zoom. And those are basically the, the big difference. It's just it's a smaller, more compact, more focused form of masterminding than the traditional one-on-one -on -one masterminding group. 
And can you explain what asynchronous means? Uh, asynchronous means that we don't have to meet at the same place at the same time. Uh, and, and that was born out of the fact that because we are global, most of our mastermind groups, and we're very specific in trying to be as global as possible in those groups so that we get input from everywhere in the world. Otherwise, you know, if you just work with people in your own country, it's basically you start washing yourself in your own dishwater. So you want that other perspective. But then time zones become a problem. So we add that asynchronous so you can go on on the platform, log in at your own time, on your own schedule, participate in the mastermind, and then it's just a question of the, of the weekly meeting or of the monthly meeting where we have to meet together on Zoom. Who initiates micro-masterminding groups? Uh, <laughs> you know, let, let me say, if you're lucky, you might get somebody else to invite you. So you might get an invite from a peer to join the group. There's a lot of work involved in, in, in setting up a mastermind group and running one. Uh, but you know, if you don't get an invite, my advice to you is to initiate it yourself. So take the, make the decision to, to step out of your comfort zone, start a mastermind group, and then just go through the process. And I've been lucky, Didi, because I'm part of one of your micro mastermind groups, which means you do the work and I get the benefit. <laughs> yeah. How does one put together a micro masterminding group? Yeah, like Marriott, like I said, the short answer is with a little bit of effort. Um, and that's why the, the paid and done for you mastermind groups are so popular. But let's, let's go if you want to do it on your own. The first thing is to decide on the purpose uh, and the micro masterminding. We, we put the focus and the whole purpose of it on helping each member reach their goals or finish their project successfully. So it's very much a process of having to think about people that you can bring into a group together that will help each other reach or attain their goals. Now, regardless of that main purpose, the key is to choose people who are already in, in, in their business or in their life where you'd like to be in your life. Uh, and as I've already said, it also helps if you can bring together people from different professional arenas. Uh, for example, and I've done for your mastermind groups, I bring together solo pr practitioners irrespective of their modality, working on growing their own businesses. Um, and the nice thing about that is that when you go through training, um, especially my tribe that are traditional leaders and, and health coaches, you tend to absorb the, the ways and thinking of the school that you've trained with or the college that you've trained with. Um, reaching, bringing people together in your group, say, for instance, you're a health coach and you can have a group where you have a, a dietitian and a nutritionist and an aromatherapist, bringing all those modalities, all working on a business together. That's what you're trying to aim for because then you've got that, that, that mixture of, of advice that will give you new perspectives. And then having decided on your purpose and the people you'd like to invite, your last step is just to create a platform um, and for the group to meet and also what I call a container and structures for, for the meetings to run successfully. So it's not rocket science. It's basic thinking about bringing people together for an event at a consistent interval um, and just 
because you're the organizer stepping out of your comfort zone because you're going to reach out go to people and say i want you to join my mastermind what i hear is that you need to have a network before you can create a group it helps it really helps if you have a network if you don't have a big network uh, what i've done on 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 more than one occasion is i've only known say two people and i will reach out to them uh really convince them to be part of the mastermind and also convince them to bring a, a buddy along and 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 that's that's a, another way to just do it so w- once you invite two or three people and each one of them in, invites another one you've got six people then you've got more than enough that you need hmm that sounds doable did you have mentioned meeting either in person or online would you like to say more about that yeah marit um times have changed for me personally and, and it's like any everything else our interaction with other people i like to do it in person face to face we can't do it anymore and we can't do it with people in other parts of the world so uh, that makes the online thing so 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 nice and that's one of for me one of the positives from from the covid lockdowns all over the world because everybody is now familiar with zoom and, and meeting online So before covid we had to explain to people what's a zoom meeting mm-hmm. um now everybody knows what you're speaking about so yeah uh, depending on a group if you've got a local group uh, go for that first uh, it's 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 a lot more powerful than the online thing but as i already said it's like speaking to your family it's much nicer being with them up close face to face than having to zoom with them and how do you decide how often the group is going to meet again Marie it depends on the group and it depends on the on how busy the individuals in a group are um there are groups that meet from once a week to once a year usually those that meet once a year will book out a whole weekend so it's a sort of a weekend retreat where they will mastermind for the whole weekend but most groups uh tend to meet at least once a, once a month in our micro masterminds groups We have a weekly 10-minute asynchronous check-in with the group uh, on the online platform, and that's an accountability check-in. Um, and then we also have a monthly or bi-monthly with some groups in-person Zoom meeting. Can you give us any hints on how a group can be run so that it so that everyone benefits optimally? Yeah, that comes a little bit with experience, but I think the important thing there, Mariette, is just to provide structure. Or, or let's call it an agenda uh, in our mastermind groups i start with a with a very basic agenda and then slowly over time because it takes time for a group to gel uh, slowly over time i expand the agenda a little bit but we start for starters just start by going around the table and sharing one win since the last meeting so start on a positive note then each member gets an opportunity to be the focus of attention so you can use as a member that time in whatever way you like you can ask the group for feedback you can ask them to help you brainstorm ask for resources or for a contact it's entirely up to you and then once you've gone gone around and it's the job of the facilitator to be the timekeeper as well so we we usually allocate a certain amount of time to each member and we try and stay within that and then we end the meeting with with, with a moment of gratitude again going around the table and each member saying something positive that they've learned from the meeting or from from another member so 
we, we sort of sandwich positivity at the beginning, at the end, with the hard work in the middle. And how can each member get the most from this? Oh, that is such a that is such an important point because mastermining is is for is for givers. It's not for takers. If if you're somebody that wants to sit back and have everybody else help you, but you don't reach out helping others, don't don't think about mastermining. It's not going to work for you. Uh, but having said that, to get the most from a mastermind group, first of all, is focus again. Uh, focus on bringing something specific to work onto the group. It can be an existing overall goal. It can be a project. Uh, I personally like to work with projects in my mastermind groups. And then make, absolutely second thing, make ultimate use of that power of accountability. Uh, even if the group doesn't ask you for specific things that you're going to commit to, commit to them. Uh, because that's how you're going to move yourself forward. And then be there for your group members. Uh, your buddies is going to help you, so help them as well. And then uh, the fourth one I would say is be a badass. <laughs> and, and that means the, the more honest, open, and vulnerable you can be, the more helpful your group mates are going to be with you. And, and this is why we keep our micro mastermind groups to just a few people you can trust. Uh, just remember, you know, sharing goes both ways. Be there to listen to them as well and offer general model support. And then last thing, very important, and I stated explicitly to my micro mastermind groups, is confidentiality. What's discussed in a micro mastermind group stays in the group. And if you do those things, I promise you, you will benefit from a micro mastermind. And are there any pitfalls that you'd like to point out? Yeah, I think there are a couple. Um, Perhaps the biggest one is, is the whole thing about group size, Mariette. Mm. Uh, the ideal size, and this is just not my research. That comes from people. This comes from people like Jack Canfield, that also is a, is a big proponent of of micro mastermind groups. And the ideal size is five or six people plus your facilitator. Uh, if the group is smaller than that, it loses its dynamic dynamics. Um, and if it gets bigger than that five or six, it gets too unwieldy. Uh, the meeting starts taking too long, you know, and some members' needs may go unmet. And also personal sharing then is, is minimized. Um, however, having said that, there are groups of 12 people that meet in person for a whole day every month or a whole week at once a year, as I've already said. So that's the big one is, is, is getting that group size right. Uh, start, aim to have four to six people there and then you can't go wrong um the next one i think is the commitment thing mariette um, and, and most groups start without committing to a time frame the thing is it takes time for any mastermind group to gel and to really tap into the dynamics of the masterminding process in, in my experience six months is the minimum uh, that if, if you go longer than that for a start people don't always want to commit to it it's too long if you go shorter that, you're going to stop before you, you experience success. Another pitfall is, and I've already mentioned that, that is not having processes and structures in place uh, and not holding members accountable for keeping their promises. It's, it's part of the group's function as every member, it keeps every member accountable. And again, this is, you know, with the structures uh, and your processes is where an experienced facilitator comes in handy. And the last one, perhaps, um, it's one of my pet peeves, uh, is using a Facebook group as your platform. It's a big no-no. 
Uh, apart from the privacy issues, uh, the destruction of the Facebook platform is just a recipe for disaster. So I would say those basically are the, are the four pitfalls. Which platform would you recommend? There are many platforms that, that one can use. Uh, I think most basic uh, is just texting and, and, and Zoom. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm talking about that asynchronous part. Set up a little text group. Uh, it can be WhatsApp. It can be Slack. It can be Discord. Uh, there's a very, very nice platform that I'm using called Mighty Networks that's built for community building, uh, which is affordable. There are other platforms as well, but those platforms are built for big corporations. Um, and as a solo practitioner, we don't have those type of budgets. So, yeah, just, just think out of a box. Find something that, that works for you. And then your Zoom, your basic Zoom meetings, uh, if you can combine those, just stay off Facebook or any platform, uh, even a LinkedIn group. I've been part of one of those as well. It doesn't work because on social media, there's so many distractions and people tend to distract themselves while we're busy with the group. So you don't want to do that. Thank you, Didi. You've spoken about a group which gels. What happens when, when a group really gels? Oh, Mariette, it's magic. <laughs> it's magic. It, it, and, and it's one of those experiences that's very difficult to describe to someone else. Uh, it's one of those things that you must experience yourself. But usually what you'll see is it all when it and, and, and that manifests as you suddenly having a new perspective on your own business uh, and starting to getting real traction on your goals and projects without you even realizing it. Uh, I've, I've often had that epiphany of something pops into my head and, you know, a solution to a problem or a solution to a challenge. And I would say to myself, where did this come from? And then it, you realize, oh, yeah, person X said that at the mastermind group. So, you know, it's just powerful. And, and, and I think you've been part of that gel, a group starts to gel. Um, I've never, ever walked away from a micro mastermind meeting where I didn't have taken a lot of notes and and even you know when people are helping somebody else there's just so much wisdom in those groups and when they jolt it just becomes magic yes and as you said especially if the people are givers yeah definitely when has a micro masterminding group served its purpose oh that's a brilliant point um the best answer is, is because a micro mastermind group is actually a, a democracy so it served it. It has served its purpose when the majority of the members say so. Mm. Uh, in our mastermind, micro mastermind groups, we have that discussion to continue or disband every six months. So every six months, uh, as part of our, our, our meeting or as part of our, our asynchronous discussion, we would just put it up for for the, a vote. Or you know, should we continue another six months or should we disband? And I, I have yet to to run one that disbands after six months. Uh, because by six months, you know, everybody has seen the value and everybody wants to continue. Didi, what have you learned from your own experience? Oh, Mariette, um, for, for, for me, micro-masterminding uh, has been a game changer. And I've mentioned it. It's, it's for a specific type of person and it, it's for a growth-minded person. Uh, it's also for somebody that doesn't like big groups but realize that they need to have that support and that infrastructure, especially for us solo practitioners. You know, as solo practitioners, 
we don't have that infrastructure that those working at group practices or those working for a large company have. So that, that's very important. It becomes an absolute game changer. And then for me personally, some of the most valuable feedback I have ever received has come from members of my micro mastermind groups, usually confronting me about overcommitting, uh, not saying no, saying no to trivial projects. I have a tendency to be like a rabbit chasing around mm-hmm. everything that's out there. Um, also, I have a tendency to use perfectionism as an excuse to procrastinate on my projects. Uh, you know, I have to redo the web page and I have to redo it, and, you know, uh, and, and they always call me out on that. And then also, uh, I have a tendency to, to think too small and playing it safe. And it's always been, my wife even doesn't call me out on these things, but the master, master, my group members, they will call me out. So for me, my investment in my micro mastermind groups is the wisest and also the highest return investments I've ever made. And so, you know, my lesson, if you're looking for the secret sauce, to being a wildly successful solo practitioner, look no further than a, becoming a member of a micro mastermind group. Thank you, Didi. Can you tell us where listeners can learn more about your work? Yeah, Mariette, absolutely. Thank you for that. You know, if you're a solo practitioner, I would absolutely just love to connect with you. Uh, my favorite social media coffee shop or hangout is LinkedIn. Uh, as you've already heard, I'm not a big Facebook fan and I don't understand Instagram or TikTok. So go to LinkedIn, just search my name. And yeah, if you'd like to learn more about my done for you micro masterminding groups, uh, you can visit the website. It's badasspreneurs.com forward slash think tank. Um, that link will take you to the badasspreneurs think tank. It's a group on, on the Mighty Networks platform. Just join the group. It's free. And once you're inside, you can learn more about the micro masterminding groups. I'll also attach the link to your website to this podcast. Well, thank you for that, Mariet. And now you've said you have deep roots in horticulture. I just love that metaphor. Please, your three tips for food gardening. Oh, food, food gardening is my secret passion. Uh, I've been doing it since I was probably three, four, five years old. I've been doing it all my life. Um, and yeah, just three quick tips uh, that I that I've always asked why I'm so I'm so successful. And the three these three things. The first one is so small batches at regular intervals. Uh, this prevents that feast and famine so, syndrome. So, so a little bit, only four or five or six plants, depending on what your family needs are, and doing it at regular intervals. The next one is thinning out the seedlings. Uh, when we sow, we always sow more than what we need, and then we don't want to thin them out. That's a that's a disjustice to to yourself and to your your, your your seedlings. So you have to thin them out. And then the third one is basically doing one. The first one is make your own compost to recycle the your garden waste. Even if it's the worst compost in the world, <laughs> it's going to be better than anything you can buy. And then the next one is to set up a bukasi bin. Uh, to recycle all your your edible kitchen waste. So yeah, those are my three tips. Go and be, become a food gardener. There's nothing better in the world than having produce from your garden right onto your table, even if it's just a few green leaves to make it a, a salad with. 
Thank you, Didi. And you know, I've before I knew which tips you were going to give today, I thought of your fun question, and you'll see it actually dovetails with that. So may I ask you your question? Absolutely. I know that you have a deep love of nature and especially of plants and trees. Now, if you could look at a map of the world, Didi, and choose a place where you would love to go to talk to the trees, where would that be? Uh, probably India. Um, because in India, you will find one of the most remarkable trees, living trees. It's actually... They, they say it's it's the largest living tree in the world, but your yeah, India, uh, I would just go and and love to go and hug. I'm a tree hugger. I would just go. You know, it would just be awesome to go and I'd give that tree a hug and say hello. <laughs> thank you, Didi, and thank you for clarifying for me and I hope for the listeners. Uh, masterminding. I'm very new to it, and I must say it's quite an adventure. Uh, thank you, Mariette, and thank you for doing the work that you do. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of your work, and I I really appreciate all the effort you put into helping others and on your platform, bringing the the consumers and the practitioners together. I just think it's awesome. Thank you, Didi, and to our listeners, it was good of you to join us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to Calm, Clear and Helpful and if you'd rate the show. Visit my website www.mariehitsneiman.co.za for this episode's show notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on love relationships, parenting, life's challenges and emotional health. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me and the music is by Mark Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.